All right, everybody, we are back with another episode of the Highly Opinionated Podcast. It's going to be a little different tonight. I got two very, very special guests. You know, I got Stanley Savage joining us again. What's up, Stan? What's good, fam? How you doing? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I also got Israel J. Wilson, better known as Izzy. Izzy, what's up, fam? Hey man, thank you so much for having me, man. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to do anything while still staying in the house. Hey man, I, I know that's real, bro. I know that's real. So you know, we we just go talk about that a little bit, man. Like I want to know from y'all, man. Like what y'all been doing, man? Like with this new normal, you know, public is pretty much closed right now. What have you brothers been doing to keep yourselves busy? Um. I mean, for me personally, um, I've been using the time outside of going like working from home. Uh, I've been just utilizing the time in constructive ways. Um, still doing my workouts. So I work out in the garage, got the resistance bands and the kettlebells, all that good stuff. Okay, okay. Uh, also, I've been learning more about uh, trading stock options. So I've been taking the time to really learn how to trade stock options. And I've, been, I've been reading more. So uh, I've been trying to utilize the time to come out better. You know, once this uh this whole quarantine stuff is over, I'll come out with some of your know, new knowledge and you know a better outlook. Hey man, that's a, that's a, that's a great way to to take a positive approach to this thing, man. Is it? I know you like a socialite, bro. Like how 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 is life looking for you right now? Oh man, it, it, it's crazy, man. Um, I, I've really just been trying to. I had to calm down. You know, uh, I was telling a friend yesterday, man. If Easter. This was the saddest Easter ever yesterday. Like you really couldn't, you couldn't go to your people's house. You really, you weren't supposed to do a crawfish boil uh, because I knew if it would have been a regular Easter, I would have got up at like 8 a.m. church, kickbacks, crawfish boils, metro, the works. I would have left my house at 8 a.m., got back at 4.30 if I was okay. If I had been wild maybe 7 a.m. But but not being able to do that this year, it's, it's a humbling experience, but knowing the severity of everything that's going on, man, I just sat down, I did a quality workout, called all my people, you know, read some scripture, and I'm not trying to make no noise. Right? Yeah. That, that, that's it. And once you get into the mindset and the mentality of, like, listen, the safest place you can be, not just for you, but your friends and your family is home, you just have to live with it, and you just have to make new adjustments. You find new workouts online. Like you said, you look at stocks, you realize that you're saving money. You can have a real conversation with people now, because you got time, you know what I'm saying? Right. You, got, you, you have time to talk to everybody you want to talk to. You can, you can make deeper relationships now. Because, I mean, this free time, it, it, it's, you know, it's kind of a new lease. Right? Nah. You know? Like, uh, I'm still a citizen, so I'm going to work, man. Let's, let me tell you something. Sunday night is like Christmas Eve now. <laughs> Because you appreciate, I appreciate so much more going to work because that's it. Yep. That, that's that's the highlight. You know, you go to work, you get to see your coworkers, you make sure everybody's okay, you can crack jokes. Because, I, like I say, when, when you go out as much as I do, uh, me me working from home, I bounce off the walls. Yeah, man. Uh, totally, I totally get that, man. This was a pretty sad Easter for me too. You know, no Easter basket, man, and it's you know, Nothing, man. it's just just terrible. Um. But have you, your brothers got any Netflix or Hulu, Disney Plus recommendations, man? Absolutely. Listen, uh, Hulu, you watch High Fidelity. Uh, also, it was a, the, the Boys, amazing show. Uh, yeah, Netflix, 
Netflix, uh, Ozark. I, I started. I finished season one last night. Uh, so, so do all three seasons of Ozark. Uh, old school, Stranger Things, Incredible Show, House of Cards, Old School, Incredible Show. Um, that's what I've been watching. I've been watching sports documentaries, things like that. Uh, and and that's pretty much what I've been. But Hulu quality shows go for the gusto. Yeah, yeah I'm doing one, two, three movies. I, I, what I add to that with Hulu, I would add. Uh, I don't know if you watch Snowfall, GP, but you got think they got the next uh, three seasons of Snowfall on Hulu. Snowfall, excellent recommendation. Uh, Netflix, I, I, I co-signed a lot of the ones that Izzy said. One that you would like, GP. I don't know if you watch it or not, but All American. Oh, All American is the truth. Yes, is the truth. First season, All American is everything. I think didn't you say you watched it? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I watched I watched the first and second season. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Like, say is uh, if you got HBO, man, you need to try to check out some of the old class like The Wire, uh, Sopranos, or stuff like that. I mean, those are like classic shows. You probably can just, I mean, you got plenty of time on your hands. You got time, man. And you ain't lying. Uh, another great recent show was The Watchmen. Though. That was a great show. Oh yeah, yeah. Watchmen was great. Watchmen like and it's quick too. Like it don't take too many seasons. Like trying to watch Ozark, like it's a lot. But like a quick, like a quick season, like The Watchmen, man. And why is that eight ninth episode? Because I watched one of those. I watched that episode of The Watchmen like three or four times. That eight, that eight and ninth episode. Ten just kind of had, but them was great. Yeah, I, I agree with The Watchmen, man. Uh, yeah, man, y'all, y'all, y'all bringing some heat, man. Once this, once this plays, I'm gonna have to write down all these recommendations because, like y'all say, a brother got time. Brother got time. That's what we have time. <laughs> so, so what if? So is that what y'all been doing? You know, since there's no sports, because you know, for me right now, I'm struggling without my sports. What? How y'all coping without the sports piece going on right now? Well, I, I, I'll jump in first because I think you guys are more of bigger basketball fans than I am. Now, I typically don't really pay attention to NBA basketball to like the, the latter part of the regular season and then it's the playoffs. So, I mean, I keep, I keep track of what's going on, of course. I'm not like ingrained in it. Like, I'm more of a football person. So, I've got my I got my picks. You know, I've got my picks before all this stuff started happening. But, I mean, around this time, it's typically close to me. So, so you straight. It hasn't been too too crazy. I, I had caught myself watching some like, you know, ESPN documentaries or some SBC football documentaries. But other than that, man, I, I've been pretty good as far as not having <laughs> Okay, okay. What about you, is it? Yeah. yeah, me without sports, man, I'm dying. I feel like it, it, it's it's agony, man. It's agony. Because I, I just love the I just love to talk trash around this time of year. And I, I love for my play to come through and without any kind of basketball or getting ready for the playoffs and things of that nature, like, and it is tough, man. And like, once you're like, yeah, I'm the type of guy is, I I, uh, I go to sleep with ESP on, ESPN on, I'll wake up to ESPN. And ESPN don't know what they're doing. ESPN, like, might as well be Sesame Street. They don't know what to play. <laughs> they, they play mean videos, like they in the battles with us watching TV. They just a regular person now. It's just hard. I'm like they they weren't prepared for this at all. At all. Nah, they at wouldn't, all. man. Like they didn't have no contingency plans. Man, look, I, I watched 
I watched a real life horse competition last night, man. Like, <laughs> like, like people was on Facetime at their house playing horse against other people. Like, like it, it, it was, it was weird, man. So, what I, man. So, I've been kind of keeping up with. Uh, I've been doing the documentaries too. You know, I was always a 30 for 30 fan, but I hadn't watched this much 30 for 30s in my life. But I've also been no, keeping up. They would, you know? Right. I've also been keeping up with the. Uh, it's like a balance, you know? Yeah, I mean, hey, I hear that. I've also been keeping up with the moves uh, in NFL free agency, man, and all, the, and all the draft coverage too. So, you know. So when we look at some of the moves, man, we, we all Saints fans. We got this new look NFC South. So I gotta get y'all opinion, man. You got the GOAT. You got Tom Brady coming to the South. So like, what do y'all expect from Tom Brady with this new look Buccaneers team? Because you got 2,000 yards wide receivers in, uh, in Godwin and, and Mike Evans already, right? Add, add the Tom Brady, they gotta look pretty good. So I need to know what y'all think about that. What they, what you think they'll do, and what does this do for Tom Brady's legacy? Um, I think Tom Brady, I think Tom is the GOAT, don't get me wrong, but I don't see him doing much of nothing in uh, Tampa Bay. Really? Wow, wow, that's a, that's a big thing. That's a bold statement. The reason I say that, I, I do realize that Tom Brady didn't have a bunch of uh, offensive weapons in uh, New England. But at the same time, uh, I mean, dude's gonna be like 42 years old, and I, I just still believe that all the time plays a role. And I also think that the system that he plays in is a dink and dunk system. That's that's what he normally has played in throughout most of his career outside of the Randy Moss years. And the type of offense he's in now is not a dink and dunk offense. It's a throw the ball down the field offense. And so I don't see Tom Brady throwing bombs all day and just killing people. Like, I, I just don't see that in, in this particular offense. Their running game is not the strongest. Correct. Yeah, the running game is irrelevant. They don't have a running game. Exactly. So it's up to him to just cast the ball 30, 40 times a game, and I just don't see him succeeding over the course of a 16-game season doing that. So I don't see him having a major impact. Because people realize, like, James, yeah, James threw a ton of interceptions, but the dude on two offs threw a 5,000 yards. He did, and he had 30 touchdowns, too, I believe. Like, yeah, 30, 30, 30 for 30, 30 for 30, yeah. Physically, he's way more talented than, than Tom Brady is. So you, they were thinking, okay, Tom Brady, so he's going to limit the mistakes, but he's not going to put the same production as James did. He's not going to put up the same numbers. He's going to limit the interceptions, but he's not throwing for 5,000 yards. Hmm. You know? And they, and to me, they need 4,500 yards out of him in like 30 some touchdowns in order to actually get to the playoffs. And I don't see Tom Brady doing it. Okay. Okay, so uh, I think that I, listen. I, I think that in, uh, in that offense, first off, you gotta you gotta get Tom Brady some O line help. Like I think that's one of the main things they have to address, whether it's free agency or whether it's in a draft. I would say the draft, but they're gonna need they're gonna definitely need some O line help, and they have a, a few holes on defense. Uh, I can see Tom Brady being a game manager, but I mean you gotta realize James has dug into a lot of holes. Uh, and a lot of those holes, a lot of that, a lot of those, a lot of those yards and touchdowns came from garbage time. Came from him trying to pull himself out because he committed too many turnovers. That's a good point. So I, I think when you think about it from that point, I think that they're going to win more games because I think they went eight eight with somebody throwing 30, 30 picks. So if you just limit, limit that to fifteen picks, ten picks, 
You're going to win 10 games. You're going to win 11 games. And you know, from James's point of view, I think that they will improve. I think that uh, Brady will have solid numbers, not anything amazing, not anything mar- uh, like marvelous. But I think that if we look at sports and if we look at all the great quarterbacks, every this happens to every great quarterback. What quarterback other than John Elway didn't stay with his team? This is just the way the business works. You got to realize, Tom Brady was playing on yet yet after that fifth title. After he beat the Falcons, I feel like, I mean, he was never going to top that. That Falcons win, because we still crack jokes, it's still yeah. the memes, that's still the one. When he won that sixth title, I'm like, oh, he done. Like, he could do anything. He's going to play Little League football right now. Like, it's not going to hurt his legacy because he accomplished what it will never be recreated. I love Pat Mahomes, but he ain't winning six. Right. Right. Well, I I feel that, you know, and I think if you look at Tampa's defense, Tampa's defense did improve last year, I feel like. But, I mean, when you look at this division, you know, Tampa doesn't have a running game to Stan's point. You know, uh, it's non-existent. I do think Tom Brady will make him a little better because I liked your point about um, Izzy about him not putting digging him in holes, even though I feel like Jameis is physically better. But consider the, the division they're playing in. Like, the Falcons are very, very talented. You never know what you're going to get out of them. You'd assume Carolina will be better. I mean, and the Saints have won I mean, the division the last three years. All right, so listen, here's the, the, okay, you made a great point here. But you really look at the division, you look at the records or whatever. Carolina won like five games, okay? Carolina might get the, if, at best, improved to 500 in my thing. At best. Okay. You know Atlanta, we don't know what we're going to get, but I still don't see them being knocking the socks off. Like, I can see them winning 10 games. That gives Tampa Bay room, plus the strength of schedule. So Tampa Bay will improve its all the facts, but we're, I mean, the rest of the vision was, was the bottom of the barrel. It was us. You know, we weren't really going to get plenty of out of this. It wasn't even a competition. One team with 8-8, eight eight, one team lost 5. Everybody said it was a record out of this, I think. Okay. Okay. So that and and So with Tom Brady, just that is a re- reduction of interceptions. They're gonna win ten games, and it doesn't hurt Brady's Brady's stats. It does hurt Brady's legacy because at this point, I think Brady's kind of like me. It would kill him to be at home right now. Brady doesn't want to go home. The story I heard about the story was the relationship was already destroyed with Brady after Garoppolo. Like they they didn't want to trade Garoppolo. Belichick went to trade Tom Brady for a first round pick for the Niners. That was the original plan. Brady went with the craft to override him, which he did. But after that, that was done. The relationship over. Now you're gonna see a play which y'all both mentally checked out. Hey. I, I hear that. I hear that. And uh, we mentioned we met, we mentioned uh, Carolina Panthers in the division. And uh, as you know, Teddy Bridgewater was the backup quarterback. A lot of people thought he would be the heir apparent to Drew Brees once Drew Brees retired. But Drew decided to keep playing. Now he's in Carolina. I want to get y'all thoughts about maybe te- if y'all like the fact that Teddy left. He had to do what he had to do for himself. But how do you think he will impact the Carolina Panthers with new offensive coordinator Joe Brady going forward? Uh, I think that uh, I, I'm happy that Teddy left and got his money. Uh, I, I wish he would have stayed with the Saints, but I'm happy that he made his move. But I don't think that the Panthers are about to do anything. Okay. The reach, they had, who was Teddy going to? 
All he got is Christian McCaffrey, the highest paid running back in the NFL. Yeah, that, 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 that's, all, that's all he got. They traded away their best offensive lineman. Their defense lost their best player. So I just don't see the Panthers coming in with this college coach. And Joe Brady off of one year. And in fact, Joe Brady didn't call the majority of players at LSU. And this right up. He didn't call the majority of players at LSU. He called a handful of players. Now, he probably implemented the same concept that really helped LSU, but he wasn't calling the plays. But now he's the NFL offensive coordinator. Like, come on, dog. Without the talent, but you got to go go for the money. You can always, where can always make the college, so he did the right thing. Yeah, he, he did the right thing. But it's like, all right, if y'all were expecting some the same thing from LSU when he had four, five-star, four-star players everywhere, that ain't about to happen with the Panthers. Because they don't have no receivers. So, I don't see the Panthers doing anything. I, I hope Teddy gets paid. I hope he does well. But I don't think he's great in any way. I think that, uh, I, 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 listen, I, I got one word for the Panthers. Mediocre. That, at best. That's what they're going to be. I still consider Teddy Bridgewater to be a game manager. He's a game manager. He'll follow the play. Uh, like, there was always an analogy, man, when it comes to a game manager. You know, if you need him to get you 10 yards, he'll get you six. If you need him to get you six yards, he'll get you five. That's what game managers do. They don't over, they don't buck the system. If you see those games, he, he made a few big-time plays, but for the most part, those the playmakers made them. Michael Thomas made some great plays. Al Kamara made some great plays. Sean Payton called some great plays. Okay, well, Sean Payton is, is a, uh, the winningest coach in St. Kitts, but also a Super Bowl-winning uh, play caller, and he knows all the pieces around a game manager. What does Teddy have in Carolina? An unproven college coach. I think that Teddy is a great quarterback, and they tank this year. Yep. And they put a gust on the ground next. That's all they got to see. So I'm glad Teddy got paid. I'm glad McCaffrey got paid. But if they don't tank, what's the point? They just want to do what they can. They just want to do a rebuild. And if I'm a new coach, I want all of my guys in there. They just know that Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to lose your game. He's not going to win either, but he's not going to lose your game. And all they have is time and opportunity. If I'm them, I do the same Miami Dolphins uh, game plan, build up draft picks, build up equity for the next draft, let Teddy get his money. But next year, they'll probably draft their quarterback of the future, and they'll just do the full Tyrod Teller play. You know, come on in here, guy, and mentor him so he doesn't make the mistakes you make when they draft a Trevor Lawrence-type quarterback to take over. So, right. I Go ahead, Sam. I know we, I know we jumped into, we going to talk about the draft a little bit later, but I, well, don't be surprised the Panthers trade back in the draft to accumulate more picks. No, okay. I mean, I, I think they should, but, but I want to, I want to ask Izzy a follow-up question right now, and then I will come back to you too, Stan, because I want to hear your opinion on this. So, Izzy, if you feel like. Teddy Bridgewater is only a game manager quarterback and he's nobody's franchise quarterback, then you must be of the opinion that Drew Brees should not have retired and you're looking forward to him coming back. I am elated that Drew Brees didn't retire. I am so happy. I know that's not the general consensus. I know uh, Drew Brees' arm isn't there, but Teddy is not the guy for New Orleans. He's just not. Oh, I'm so, that's 
just the way I feel. You don't go from Ruth Chris, a top five of all time quarterback. I mean, the Ruth Chris of quarterbacks to Sam's Choice Chicken, which is Teddy Bridgewater. Come on, Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's Choice Chicken? <laughs> Got me. We got him in the bargain basement. You were hungry, so you got it. You didn't want to go anywhere. I just don't believe it. I mean, the brother can't be a salmon fillet, bro. He got to be all the way to Sam's Choice Chicken. Sam's Choice Chicken. Yeah. In the little heater, the little grill. When you walk in, you're like, ah, it's healthy. You know, I'm gonna put up these pounds in this Sam's Choice grill chicken for five nine nine. I'll go. <laughs> I, I heard I that. Ruth Chris last night, but I guess I'll, the Ruth Chris be burnt it again, Los Angeles. So we'll try the Sam. We'll try the, you know, not hurt anything. Got gotcha. you. Exactly what it was. Okay. Exactly what it was. Stan, your your thoughts on Drew Brees and it, not retiring, coming back, and maybe some expectations for this season. Well, you know, I look, I look at it from uh, a business perspective. I think that. From a business standpoint, they could have probably made this move probably before last year. Um, and let the chips make, let the chips fall where they may. Like, let Rick Teddy be that bridge quarterback. If we tanked, I mean, so be it. We can lock in a lot of our young talent. And we can draft high, draft the quarterback. Like, if we would have let Drew go last year, we may be in a position to, we may be in this year to draft, to, uh, in a position to draft two or both. I mean, that, that's, that's possible with the same level of talent throughout the team. Mm-hmm. If they would have made a decision like a year ago about this. And, but, but even though we still have Drew, what I will say is if Sean Payton calls play, like he called for Teddy Bridgewater, but he does have Drew Brees, they will still be successful. Oh, I agree with that 100%. If he tries to go out there and have Drew throw the ball 35, 40 times, Drew can't throw the ball anymore. We all know that. Drew's on stuff. Drew's on yeah, Drew's on but, but the problem is, Sean Payton has shown a propensity to uh, to overuse Drew. He has too much confidence in Drew's abilities. When his, when his abilities have eroded a little, well, not a little bit, a lot, they've eroded. But Sean has this confidence in Drew that Drew can just make all these plays, and that's just not the case anymore. So I think he needs to call plays like he called for Teddy and just do it with Drew. And then it'll be an efficient offense. You play good defense, you run the ball, and I think the same will be fine. I think that, I didn't cut you off, uh, man. Uh, I think that, listen, I'm sorry, man. If one person deserved, if Drew Brees deserved his, like, his, his home going tour, but everything he's done in New Orleans, if you've ever been a Saints fan when it was Eric Brooks and, and the crash we've had at quarterback, man, give Drew his flowers. Right. Drew deserves this year to go out. Now, this year, no more. That's it. It's a wrap. Take a lot of pictures, Drew. Take a lot of pictures. Break the record because it's a wrap, okay? But, uh, man, give him his tour, man. You can't you can't do what they did break. You can't, you can't go Belichick and just be a cold-hearted villain. So well, Brady deserved it, too, but I get what Belichick did. And it's like, okay, I got six with you. Like, this is a wrap. I'll, I'll say this. I, I, I love Drew Brees. I love Drew Brees. He's he's my favorite NFL player of all time for the simple fact he was a Super Bowl champion. He uh he was on the cover of Madden, and I've been a Saints fan my whole life, and he's been the only guy to do that. And and, and the success. So the success of Drew Brees and Sean Payton in New Orleans to me, I will never forget that as long as I live. But. I, 
But I'm not disagreeing with any of that. But what I am saying is, I feel like Drew Brees is an aging player. You know, and last year, there's a couple of things that happened last year. Number one, I like, I agree with Stan 100% on this when he was talking about how the play calling should have been the same when Teddy was playing as when Drew was playing. Because I think Sean Payton likes to think that that's 2011 Drew Brees over there on the sideline, and he's not. Number two, the five games that he was injured actually helped him maintain his level of play throughout the season because he got the rest. And number three, like I said, he's aging. So when you're an aging quarterback or when you're an aging athlete, period, you can still play with that same level of play that you always play with, but you won't be consistent. So there's going to be games next year where Drew Brees looks like the old Drew Brees like he did against the Colts last year on a Monday Night Football when he set that record. He, I mean, he, he can look like that. I'm not trying to cut you off, but I mean, listen, if they, if they stop Kittles on that fourth down play, I mean, they have home field throughout the entire playoffs, and we might be looking at Drew Brees in a whole different life. Well, not, I, I'm not going to say that because because the thing about it is Drew Brees showed brilliance last year, like I was saying against the Colts, but he also he also showed some moments like the playoff game against the Vikings where it was like, who the hell is that? He had a bad day. He had a bad day. But he but his but he's going to have more bad games than he's ever had before because of his age. Like, his high-level play isn't going to be as consistent as it once was because of all the time. Now, I'm not I'm not criticizing Drew. That's just a fact. It was kind of like with Michael Jordan with the Wizards. You know, you watch Mike. Mike goes for 40 one night with the Wizards, and you're like, oh, my God. It's like old Mike. And next game, he goes on the second night of a back-to-back. -back, he only scores like two points. He's old. You know, like it, everybody has to face that, and I don't. And I think the Saints team right now, the nucleus, especially after signing Emmanuel Sanders, we can't have a less than on point Drew Brees for the Saints to go where they need to go. And and if they relying on Drew to throw 35, 40 times a game, like they did once upon a time, the Saints will not go where they need to go. It just won't happen. Do we expect the Saints to win the South? Absolutely, 100%. Okay, Stan, Saints win the South? Uh, I won't say it. I mean, I mean, wow, Stan, come on, man. This is a competition. Who, who, who's better than us in the South? I think the division is better than what you think, though. The division is better, but if you look at our team and who we're bringing back and the adjustments we can make, especially in the draft, we're still winning the South. All right. Go ahead, Dylan. I'm sorry. The odds are that we should win the South, but what I, what I, and GP knows this, I never make predictions on the Saints and what they're going to do before the season. Like, I think, yeah, they're going to be a good team, but, yeah, I'm not going to say that they're going to make it to, or they're going to win the division. The NFL, the, the, to me, is the hardest league to have repeat success in, more than the NBA, more than baseball, more than anything. And so, and one player can just drastically change the outcome of the season, so... Um, so yeah, I, I think it's likely they should, but I'm not gonna say that. Like it would, it would, it really would surprise me that Falcons somehow came back and won it. I, I hate the Falcons. All right, man, I, I just listen, man. I love you as a person, but I, I don't think you've ever been as wrong in your life before. But it's okay, it happens. Um, 
the Saints, I can emphatically say, put me on film. I guarantee the Saints will win the division this year. Write it down, take a picture, do a screenshot, whatever you got to do. Take it off this. We hey. are winning the South. I hope you're right. But the NFC South, the NFC South has never had a full-time consecutive winner. But I, like I say, Izzy, I think we all hope you're right. Um, but I know hope. I'm, I know hope. All right. I know. I know. <laughs> For sure. I know. So and you got. I'm looking at our division, and I'm also looking at our schedule and the teams we play. If you look at our schedule, our our string of schedule is not as strong as it was before. We're playing a lot of sub 500 teams. We got road games against Denver, Detroit, the Raiders, uh, Chicago, just subpar teams. Like last year, the schedule was stronger. I think we were in a much better position to win more games than last year. I think we're going to win 13 games last year. We should have won 14. Well, I think we're gonna win. wait, wait, wait. wait. Why, why, why do you think we're in a much better position? Are you saying that only because of Emmanuel Sanders? I'm saying that because, first of all, our core is established and our schedule isn't as strong as last year. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, I look at the schedule, like, when we played more powder puffs than last year, plus, like, the teams in our division, we know how to beat Atlanta. I don't care who Todd Gurley is. They get Todd Gurley, Bo Jackson, and OJ Simpson. We're going to beat Atlanta. Or we're going to be split. We know that. We're going to beat Carolina twice. Tampa Bay, we might split. Okay? With the rest of our road schedules, the divisions we're playing, we can crush them. Okay. That's why I know we're going to win the NFC South. All right. Well, Izzy is guaranteeing that the Saints win the NFC South stands not so much. But Izzy sounds like a guy who personally guaranteed that they would win game seven against the Indiana Pacers. Michael Jordan didn't play a lot of game sevens, but he played game seven in 1998, which there's a documentary coming up on ESPN called The Last Dance featuring Mike Scotty in the Bulls and that last championship run. So, fellas, are y'all looking forward to this documentary, especially since there's no sports on TV? I, I, I'm gonna let you go first, Izzy. I mean, y'all, y'all are basketball fans. Listen, man. Y'all, y'all don't understand, man. I am probably one of the biggest Michael Jordan fans uh, in the world. I, I bought all the Michael Jordan documentaries on VHS. I used to tape uh, Chicago Bulls regular season games on WGN, the Chicago Network, and watch them over. Okay, I was so nervous doing game six, I watched it and taped it. I couldn't watch the last minute. That's how nervous I was. So, saying that I'm excited about this documentary is an understatement. They could charge my account for my cable bill just for this documentary, and I would, and I would be like, please take more money, because I'm going to watch this documentary in Indian style on my floor, surrounded by Air Jordan tennis shoes, and it's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I'm extremely excited. <laughs> okay, you're excited. Stan, what about you, bro? Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it, man. My, my level of excitement is probably not at, at you know, y'all's level or whatnot, but I mean, I appreciate all things Jordan. I mean, Jordan was the ultimate competitor, so that's what drove me when I played sports, whether it was football or track or whatever it might have been. Uh, so, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I, I, I got to be real with you, bro. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit like Izzy on this one. Uh, I, I might, I might wear a Michael Jordan jersey. I might, I might, I might pull out, I might pull out the, 
the 13s for most of the documentary and switch up to the 14s. For the documentary. What, what, what? Go ahead. Well, well, you know, he start, he wore the 13s throughout the season, and he didn't bring out the 14s to the finals. So, so you know, now he, he wore the 14s for, like, game five, game four, five, six. So, I think I might do that. But a little known GP fact that I've never revealed to anybody, I'm going to reveal it to y'all in this podcast. When I go to the gym, the first thing I play is serious by the Alan Parsons Project. So I got to play that Chicago Bulls run out music, which my Saints use too, by the way, when they coming out to kind of like kick off the workout, every workout. I always do it. So with that being said, you know, I'm excited for this uh, for this documentary, man. Like I've been waiting on this out of all the 30 for 30s I watched because think about it like okay so you watch the 30 for 30 like the bad boy Pistons 30 for 30 the one with Reggie Miller and Spike Lee then you got the one with uh with the Orlando Magic Michael Jordan was a huge part of those documentaries and it wasn't even about him so so it goes to show you the impact that Mike had on the game of basketball in that time period. Not to mention Michael Jordan and pop culture. All everybody on this call got multiple pairs of Air Jordans. He was the first athlete to have his own silhouette, a picture of him as a logo. You know what I mean? So the impact of Mike is huge. I'm a huge Mike fan. I'm super excited about this documentary. Uh so you know, I kind of, you know, Izzy, what, what are you looking forward to, like, seeing or, or hearing that you didn't know about the, this Bulls team before? Uh, I think that's actually a great question. And I ordered my uh, my, my Bulls warm-up. I'm going to wear my tearaway pants. Chicago shorts on that That's how excited I'm going to be. But uh, listen, man, I think that one of the beautiful things about back then is it was mystery. Sports now, we have so much access to everything about an athlete. You know, we know LeBron's favorite song. We know every thought in his head. We didn't know anything about these teams. And it made the aura of them, they seemed more untouchable. It seemed like Jordan was like a super, like that Bulls team, like it was a phenomenon. Like no other team dynasty was as loved or admired. You had the Yankees, but you had Yankee haters. You had the Heat, you had Heat haters. Everybody loves Chicago Bulls. Nah. So I, I think that the uh, the access to what these players was thinking during these series, like I want I want to know their thoughts going back to uh, Utah, knowing they had home court. I want to know how they trained and, uh, and 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 what was going through their heads, and I want to know. Jordan don't talk. Let's be real. I want to see what Jordan thought about things. I want to see what Kobe and the other athletes thought because we really have no idea. We've never had access to it, and it helped with the mystique of everything. Hey, that, you know, so I think that I think that's really what I want to know and how chemistry and were they close, the the, the energy, um, what Jordan really thought about certain plays or how he felt because we never we never knew. Okay. And now, so much access now uh, that to have that mystery is a beautiful thing. I, w- I would love to be like, oh, okay. Oh, this is what that meant. Because like you said about that with the Game 7, that was the hardest series. It wasn't, it wasn't Utah. It was the Pacers. Okay. And you know how much Reggie Miller hated Jordan, vice versa. So I want to hear the banter of what might have been going on in both their heads. Now, nah, I'm with you. 
Nah, I mean, honestly, it is one of the things that I wanted to say is the fact that in the social media age, man, we do have access to so much information, and we know so much about so many players, or at least we think we know so much. And back then in the 90s, whether it was football or basketball, whatever it might have been, you didn't really know what was going on. You didn't know nothing, man. I mean, besides some, some you know, random news clips that might pop up on the TV, you didn't really know the intricacies of what was going on with these teams. And so it, it's definitely cool, or it will be cool to see, get some insight on just what they were going through, what they were thinking about. And I mean, I always appreciate anything on Jordan when it comes down to showing us how competitive he was and his drive to be the, the greatest. So, I mean, any additional insight on that is something that that's the main thing I'm probably looking for. Okay, all right. And, and I love, like, I, 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 I like, I love things like with Jordan and everything. Like, 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 like you said, like, what was the greatness? And it wasn't technology. It wasn't all this help. It was just really hard work. And you really just want to see all those things, you know, and what kind of passion and what kind of fire. And I want to see what Kobe said about a lot of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to see other people's opinions of seeing it from the outside looking in because a lot of people are speaking on this. Nah, man, I I, t- I totally agree, man. I'm I'm kind of curious to know. I want to I want to hear what Mike. And how his teammates kind of like interacted with each other, you know, because obviously Mike had to, Mike respected Scottie Pippen as a teammate, but you know you kind of hear little rumblings that he wasn't the greatest teammate or he didn't treat his teammates the greatest. So I would love to see that interaction between him and his teammates, like how hard he pushed them. So that's kind of what I'm interested to to learning that I don't already know about Michael Jordan, you know. But uh, I got to ask this question, and I'm gonna come to Stan first. Is there a greater dynasty than the Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, Bulls dynasty of six titles in eight years? In anything? Uh, no, that is not a, a greater dynasty in any sport that I can that I can think of. Uh, because not only did they win six championships in eight years, they really wasn't close any of the time, and then. On top of that, if Jordan didn't retire, they might have went eight for eight. And so, just yeah. think about that. A team that could, could have possibly gone eight and eight in championships, like that, that's just unheard of. Like, I can't think of a team on the, the NFL level, college football level, college basketball level, um, that has just replicated something like that. Like, I, I just can't think of it. I mean, it, maybe like the UConn women's basketball team or something like that. But even they had that battle for like Tennessee and stuff like that. So I can't really think of any other team that that, that really comes closer and was comparable. The only the only other thing I would say though is Brady Belichick. Because, because I think the NFL is harder, the more is there's more parity in the league. What Bill Belichick has done with the Patriots is kind of insane. <laughs> so I, I won't I won't put them above the Bulls by any means. But what the Patriots have done in the NFL when that's very, very hard because in the NBA you have multiple teams going runs. And none, none, no run top the Bulls. But you have multiple teams going crazy runs. You've never seen that in NFL over a two decade span. I just never seen that. Very true. And that's what Bill Belichick has done. So yeah, I'm still gonna say Bulls are number one though. Okay. Izzy. Oh, I think that it was I think that it was the greatest dynasty. It is the epitome of a dynasty. Because it really started with three men. It was Jordan, who led him on the floor, uh, Pippen, and 
and Phil Jackson. They won six championships, and it was two three piece with totally different teams, like totally different teams. Jordan, it was it was like a movie. Like if you didn't know it really happened, you think, man, this couldn't happen in real. Like it's a movie. You if you play basketball, you win three championships, you retire. Who would do that? You come back a year and a half year later and win three more championships. And, and, and not only win three championships, but have the best regular season record. Uh, all six scoring titles. Um, defensive player of the year. Four MVP. Should have been five. Wait, no. Five MVP. Should have been six. Uh, Correct. You see all these accolades. Should have been seven. It was a storybook. Right. The thing about it, though, I really compare, I compare that dynasty a lot to what LSU did this year. Like, LSU made everything look so easy. We're not going to appreciate until three, four years down the line because we're not replicating that. Like, they're going to win another national championship. Nobody's going to win that. And everybody can say that that was the greatest college season of all time, but it takes time to appreciate something like that. So with the Bulls championship, look, we've seen Golden State, the Miamis, the Cavs, all of these teams, the Lakers. It takes time to appreciate a dynasty like that. It's been, what, 22 years, and still no one has or will come close to what that Bulls team did. I mean, I, I agree. And I think the thing that uh, I think Stan brought it out. No, you, you brought it out too earlier. Um, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Phil Jackson. That's the, that's really the three. Like, the only two players to win all six championships is Michael and Scottie. You know, like, that's really the dynasty. So, to me, it's the greatest dynasty ever. I mean, if you look at what Belichick and Brady have done together, because I'm pretty sure they're the only Patriots to have all six of those rings. Um, they did go 10 years without winning the Super Bowl, but over this 20-year span... But over this 20-year span, to do what they've done has been amazing. Um, so maybe some of those Yankee baseball teams, and that's the only teams that you can really like even even bring it up. Because in the NBA, you talk about like three-peats, how hard that is to do. The only other people that three-peated was Kobe and Shaq's Lakers and Bill Russell's Lakers. I mean, Bill Russell's Celtics, excuse me. Um, that's it. Magic and Kareem never three-peated. Larry Bird never won back-to-back. Tim Duncan never won back-to-back. You know, even these loaded Warriors and Heat teams didn't three-peat. So when you talk about that, I, I think the Bulls got to be number one. Um, but I, I know I think about all these Michael Jordan moments, all these Scottie Pippen moments, and I think for me, you know, because I wasn't around when they were losing to the Pistons. I've seen it on documentaries, but I, I don't really re- remember that. I was only like five the last time they lost. Um, but I think I think about that series for in 95 when they lost to Orlando after Mike coming back from baseball and I just remember seeing the look on Mike's face and as a 10 year old kid I was like okay the rest of the NBA better watch out because Mike's about to get his revenge you know and and just right and to me that's my favorite Michael Jordan moment because it's like okay he it's kind of like you ever watch The Dark Knight and Bane is like smashing up Batman and he's like victory has defeated you and I think at that point Mike was so high when he finally lost you could see that look in his face like okay I'm about to tear up some stuff and the Bulls went on a ridiculous 
streak after that. They went like 140 and 26 or something like that in the next three years. So for me, that's my favorite Michael Jordan moment. So from you guys, what I want to hear, I want to hear y'all favorite Chicago Bulls moment. Uh, I, man, it's, it's so it's so many. Uh, it's, it's, it's man, it's a lot of moments, and it's a uh, it's a lot of great things that Jordan did on the court. I think. Um, I mean, I, I think that uh, one of my favorite Michael Jordan moments was Game One of the '96-'97 uh, NBA Finals. Game one in Utah. Game one of the finals. It was the first they played in Utah. Yeah. And they were at home for the second series. The second series, 97, 98, that's why we want to see a documentary. That was the first time they were on the road. You know, they always had home court advantage. But that first series, first game, and, you know, Carl Malone had a chance to make those shots. And uh, and, and Scotty Pippen said, the mailman doesn't deliver on Sundays, and he, and he missed the shot. <laughs> I remember that. So you knew uh, what was going to happen next. George's going to get the ball in isolation on that first play. And it's like, it was just like fate. Went up, uh, went up, hit the shot, game winner. He did the fist. Think about how the kind of impact that play had on so many players. Think about how many times Kobe Bryant emulated that exact same moment in actual games. He made the same shot, had all the pressure, same fist pump. And it was just another day at the office for Jordan. That shot was just something he did. Like his greatness was just so normal, but to everyone else, it was like the moment. Hmm. Like that moment, that moment was like a Tuesday to Jordan. That was like Michael, one of the greatest moments of Kobe's life. It was one of the most memorable moments of my life. It was a Tuesday to Michael Jordan. That's how great he was. Yeah. It was game one of the fight, but who cares? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's a tie for me. Probably the blue game. Ooh, that's a good one. Same series. Blue game was strong, man. And probably his last game, and when, when he won a championship in '98, because uh, I think when he scored like 45 points or something like that. Yeah, he. That's like, uh, yeah, yeah. That's probably a memory that probably just is is I guess is entrenched in my head or ingrained in my brain. Um, probably forever. Just that crossover and then that shot, and then on top of that, he had 45 points. I mean, those two are probably the ones that stick out the most to me. Yeah, man, that, that and that was all Mike too, because. You know, we give Scotty his due, but people don't remember Scotty Pippen had a bad back the whole nine eight. He missed like half the season. So like that was Mike willing the Bulls to that championship, man. That's that's some great stuff, man. But you know, another NBA moment that that was one of my favorites of all time was uh was Kobe Bryant's last game. Um and you know, we're recording this on Monday, April thirteenth, and we won't uh we won't air it on April thirteenth, but April thirteenth is the four year anniversary of Kobe Bryant's last game in the NBA. And I just wanted to uh to take some time out and talk about that game, how great it was and with the sixty points going out and how he just left everything on the court and Kobe's career. So Obviously, we've been talking about Kobe the whole year. We've lost Kobe this year. So, you know, uh, Stan, I'm going to start out with you. Just just real quick, a little bit about Kobe's last game and maybe an impact that Kobe had on you just as a player for 20 years. Um, 
Well, I do remember that game visibly. Uh, and as you know, I mean, I wasn't the biggest like Kobe fan. Like, Me either. I always had respect for Kobe because of just his competitive nature. Because that's how I just kind of am, like that hardcore competitor. I take it any type of prisoners. Mm-hmm. So that's how Kobe was, and I, I always respected him for that. But I, I was just never a Kobe fan. Like, my, my loyalties were always just Jordan. And I felt like he just copied everything from Jordan. But even though, you know, that's the highest form of flattery, I guess, that the, he, and he's the only that probably mimic Jordan to a T. Um, I just never was a big Kobe fan. Like, but that last game, man, it was just. It was crazy. It was like, I don't know, Venice Kobe, he wasn't passing that rock. He was putting up every shot. <laughs> it reminded me of that, um, you know, that Toronto game when he scored 81. Yeah. He was, he was like, look, I'm shooting up everything. You know what I'm saying? Everybody already understood. It was like, it wasn't looking for no passes or nothing. He, he was just shooting up everything. So, I mean, it was really dope that he could score, I think, what, 61 points in his last game? Yeah, yeah. That was, um, that was, that was really cool, man. I think he went out on, on a perfect note. But uh, I guess what he meant to me, and I kind of already mentioned it, was the fact that he was, he kind of continued that line of being the ultimate competitor after Jordan retired. So, you know, I know when I was coming up playing a little park ball and stuff like that, even though I played football the majority of the time, I mean, Jordan, he, you know, he was like a driving force to me based on how competitive he was. And so when I got to high school and I was leaving middle school, Kobe Bryant was that person. So even though I wasn't his biggest fan, I always respected how competitive he was, how he wanted to crush everybody. So, um, and even I guess in the professional world, going through college, everything, that type of drive for me, it really pushes me to be your best. And so uh, that's probably the last thing that just kind of stuck with me uh, over the last 20 years. Okay, Izzy, what you got, bro? Let me just start off with this. Uh, I hated everything about Kobe Bryant. Like Kobe Bryant, like the only thing I liked about Kobe Bryant at first was the Sprite commercial. Kobe Bryant, yeah, slam dunk giant, outplayed the cold suns, don't try it. After that, hated it. Thought he was a piece of trash. Uh, because I was like, like I was saying, like Stan was, man, I, I was a Jordan fan. And the thing about Kobe was, it's amazing when you can respect an athlete's game so much, your hate can fade away. Man, I'm watching that last game. If you really follow basketball, a lot of my best friends are Laker fans. So they have to rub in your face when they did this and they did that. But no one was happier when uh, the Lakers didn't win the three championships. Like, remember Lakers had a three-peat. And they were going for the four-peat with Malone and Peyton, the super team. And they're about to win four, but Detroit ended it. I popped bottles of champagne because I never wanted Kobe Bryant to ever say he was better than Michael Jordan. Yeah. Pop out champagne. They did. He only won five instead of six. I needed that. But when it came down to Kobe's last game, man, I was tearing up, man. It was. It was a beautiful thing to see him go out because he deserved that. And the injuries, like that Achilles injury, and if you really watch basketball, you saw Kobe like bandaged up twenty seasons going to Germany, and he just his body, man, all the time undefeated. You can have the heart of a lion, but once your body body starts to break down, and Kobe embodied that. Kobe said he was in peace with that. Do you know how destroyed Kobe Bryant's body had to be for him to say he was at peace? That's how much pain he was in. So for him to, and I've seen, I watched that season. Man, Kobe might have games. He might have seven points, 12 points. He might have to come out like the dude was hurt. 
So for him to score 60 like that, for him to have that kind of energy and get up and go was beautiful. It was one of the greatest sports moments I've ever experienced live. And I hated the guy. You know, I I, I I kind of feel that like, you know I was never a big Kobe fan either, but you had to respect him, man. And uh, I had to respect and, and one one of my favorite Kobe stories, man. You know, because in two thousand, my senior year of high school, Kobe Bryant didn't have a shoe deal because of what happened in uh in, with the Colorado situation, and he was kind of like a like a sneaker free agent. He was a free agent. And, and and he was yeah he wore Jordans, he wore some Converse a little bit, he wore some Allen Iverson shoes that year, he wore it all. But uh, but one but he played against the Wizards, and it was Mike's last year. And Mike hit a game-winning shot on the Lakers and beat the Lakers. And he was wearing the Jordans for this game. And Mike told him after they after he hit the shot, he was like, "Look, you can wear the Jordans, but you'll never be able to fill them." Right? Kobe didn't talk to anybody for two weeks. Two weeks, not even his teammates. He didn't talk to nobody for two weeks. They played the Wizards again in the Staples Center. He gave Mike 55. He had 41 in the first half. Gave Mike 55. And, and that, to me, that sums up who Kobe was as a competitor, man. Like, like, like you're not going to talk trash to me. I don't care if you are the greatest player of all time. Hell, I'm Kobe Bryant. But, you know, Kobe had to be, you know, enjoying this last NBA season. That Well, his current NBA season, the last one he got to witness, because his Lakers were playing so well. Um, but as of right now, you know, the season has been put on pause uh, due to the coronavirus. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts on this one. Uh, should the NBA resume this 2020 season? Honestly, I, I, while I would like it, I don't think it's going to – realistically, I don't think they should um, open up the season. I think right now they're protecting that, I guess – They'll start opening things up maybe towards the end of next month, like gradually. And then, I guess, over the summer, it'll keep progressing. So let's say they start the playoffs in July, or let's say June. One, you're not going to have a bunch of people in the stands. And to me, that that, that, that creates the experience. You're not going to have NBA games with nobody in the stands. Like, that just kind of takes away from, from it to me. And so, being that you won't have a bunch of people in the stands, you're also potentially putting the players at risk by just putting them out there. Uh, I just don't see what the benefit will be just to go through with the season. Now, what I will say, I do think the NBA should push their season back a little bit going forward, like starting it maybe in January and going through right up until football season, like in August, and it has a championship end in August, uh, rather than the way it is now. Because the way it is now, they start the season with a November, in December, and nobody paying attention to that. People focus on football, you know? From all the way up until really January, people are focused on football, not basketball. Now, you start the season up in January, and you carry it through August, I think that's a better calendar for the NBA. I, I, I think they should continue the, the season this year. They should just ex, you know, cancel it. Now, I, I, I agree with that point. Um, they should start a little later. I think the reason why they start now is uh, – is out of respect for baseball, but baseball isn't the type of force and, and people aren't watching baseball like they used to maybe 20, 30 years ago. But uh, with that being said, Izzy, can you see a season 
without fans, you know, or should the NBA shut it down or is that part of our new normal to where maybe they might start playing some basketball without fans? Uh, my opinion about this is, man, it's basketball. You get paid millions of dollars. It is a billion dollar TV deal, okay? People are going to work at Walmart. You can't go dribble a ball in a hoop for millions of dollars while people on the front lines um, at more, more of a risk than you are playing basketball. Absolutely, uh, the scene should be played. It should be played on television. Now, uh, like he said, um, like he said that, uh, you know, fans, I don't think there should be any fans. Empty arenas, you don't want to put anybody at risk. Uh, robotic cameras, teams, coaches, personnel, that's it. Everyone tested. Uh, playoff format, get that started. Make sure conditioning is right. But I am a thousand percent for the NBA going away with the season. And I heard Charles Barkley say, you know, it doesn't work. You need fans. You need um, you need people to motivate you or when you're tired in the fourth quarter. I'm like, Charles, I can't go outside. This is a first world problem, baby. You dribble the ball, you go hoop. Everybody, I guarantee, is playing street ball at their house anyway. You might as well earn your money for it. It's a job. Do your job. Go play basketball. That's all we, we're not asking you to do anything you haven't done. We're not asking you to find a cure for corona. We're asking you to uh, run a pick and roll and make a jump shot. I'm not asking a lot. You, we should definitely have a season. Okay. All right. So we got a little bit difference of an opinion. Um, Stan, since you don't think that we should have a season, is there anybody who you feel like having a season benefits the most? I mean, well, I think that's the easy answer. Uh, not having, well, you say not having a season of benefits? No, if, if we were to have a season, who does it benefit most? It would benefit, if, of course, it would benefit LeBron the most. Okay. Why, why LeBron? I mean, because LeBron was on the roll this season. Uh, they were, it seemed destined to make it to the NBA Finals. I don't know if they would have won, per se, because I got questions on AD. But, um, I think that it, it, it kind of hurts LeBron's legacy because I think he really could have potentially got the championship this year. And you know, nothing, you can't take you can't take anything for granted when you're playing sports. So we just can't automatically assume that one he'll be the second player. Which I mean, he more like more than likely will. But one, you can't assume he'll be the same player next year. You can't assume you don't know. You just don't know what's going to happen with certain players, certain teams going into next year. So I think it hurts him the most. You think okay, so not having a season will hurt LeBron the most. Izzy, what what do you think? Who 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 does it benefit the most, or who who stands to lose the most by not having a, a season at all? Well, I mean, you got to say, I think it it, it it hurts the most. Uh, who I, I, who benefits the most is the guys, the minimum league players. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw the study from CJ McCollum. Um, you got to realize that 33% of NBA players live paycheck to paycheck. These are millionaires. They live paycheck to paycheck. I saw um, Yeah, I mean, and I think that is terrifying. But, I mean, financial literacy, like they say, if you can't manage a thousand, you can't manage a million. Right. So, and I, and I also think it hurts, it benefits if we have a season that people are who are paid by the league, who do need these paychecks, who do count on this money. That, that's who would really benefit them. It, it benefits the little people. And I think when it comes to something like basketball, I mean, listen, the rest is on right now. They never stop. 
Big Paul said we start in May no matter what. Alright? The NBA they had off a month, I get all the things, but they should be able to figure it out when it's a multi billion dollar industry. The money comes from television. Okay. Uh, the little guy is gonna benefit them the most who who are like, I don't have listen, I know I made nine hundred thousand dollars, but it's all gone and yada 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 yada. Okay, I need this check. It's gonna benefit those guys the most. Okay, okay. So Izzy said it benefits the little guy. Stan said it benefits LeBron. So Stan, since you said it's going to benefit LeBron the most. Oh, no, no, I didn't say it's going to benefit LeBron the most. I mean, it hurts LeBron the most. Okay, so not having a season hurts LeBron the most. Yes. Cool. So being that you say not having a season hurts LeBron the most. I'm assuming that you that you're speaking of his legacy and that he needs to win this title because he was in position to take it home. Right. At least he was the front runner, right? Right. The front runner. He was healthy. Yeah, I mean, the team was playing well with him. He was. I mean, he was just on a roll. And like I said, he's gonna be another year older next year. And you just you just never know. You know, so it's not easy when he has, you can, he's a shoe in to win the championship next year. You can't say that. So So does LeBron need this title for his legacy? And either way, where does he rank in all time, in your opinion? And can that be adjusted? <laughs> you going to take that title? Are you going to take that title? You want me to tell you? I, I, I'm going to in that, man. Uh, I mean, it's an age-old debate. Uh, I mean, I think Le- honestly, I think LeBron's uh, status is, is, is already cemented uh, in the history of Basketball. With that being said, I don't think he. I mean, he's top five to me. I'll say this: LeBron is the most talented basketball player to ever play the game. But that does not make you the greatest basketball player to ever play the game. You know, because like Tom Brady's the goat. I can't say him the goat. But is he the most talented quarterback to ever play? Hell no. Nah. I mean, LeBron is the most talented player by far, in my opinion. But I do not think he's the best player to ever play. I, he cannot top Jordan to me. He can't top Kobe to me. Mm. You know, he can't top either one of those players. I could probably name a few other players he probably doesn't top. But, you know, yeah, he's 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 top five based off the talent and based off what he's what he did with Cleveland. I can put him top five just with that. The 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 Miami is, I got him some points on that stuff. I can't even lie to you. Like I lost respect for him because the competitor in me from Jordan and Kobe couldn't respect that. I, I just like the KD stuff, the LeBron. I can't respect that type of stuff. So, um, so yeah, he's definitely top five, but he can never go over Kobe or Jordan in my eyes. Okay, Izzy, what you got? Uh, I think I, this is my thing with LeBron James. I think that listen, man, this this is this is the thing about LeBron James. I, I think that LeBron James is a he's a wonderful and he's a lovable loser uh, in the finals. That that that's really how I see him. And I'll piggyback on what Sam said, man. He's one of the, he's like the greatest athlete to ever play the game. But this look at his record really, really matters. Let's look at the teams he's, he's lost to. Let's look at the players he had to depend on to save him. Uh, he's won three championships, been to the finals nine times. That's three for nine. That's not a good ratio of the greatest. You can never even put him in the, the conversation of being the greatest player of all time. All people consider LeBron James the greatest player of all time are LeBron sympathizers who just follow him from team to team with no merit and logic, or people that was born after 99. Let's just be real. 
Nobody considers LeBron who actually watched Jordan play because there's really no comparison. Is he an outstanding athlete? Absolutely. Jim Brown was a great athlete. Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, amazing athletes. Were they winners? No. LeBron's not a winner. He's done great things. I love the fact that he opens schools. He has a barbershop show. But I think LeBron's better off doing TikTok videos with his family than competing in the league because he is who he is right now. You can't undo three and nine in the finals. You can't undo losing to a subpar Dallas Mavericks team. You can't undo that. Well, he got bailed out by Ray Allen. He got bailed out by Kyrie Irving. He's, he's got bailed out by Dwayne Wade. Three. Last six times in the finals. Pride, complained, moaned. And that's, and that's his demo to me. Now, this year, Corona hurt him. Because I could have seen them willing the title along with them, with the Kobe Bryant narrative. I was pretty much 85% sure all the legs were going to championship this year. LeBron is one on record saying, man, I don't want to play no more. <laughs> LeBron is already I don't want to play with no fans. He's also said that I was better off. Because, listen, man, when you in your 30s, your body's different. Like, him sitting down for a while and trying to start back up, you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't know. This has never happened before. And I think, uh, like, people are healthy, but other teams got healthy, too, they need that break. The Clippers are stronger. Milwaukee's stronger. Other teams can give them a fight. Right. And I don't think, I don't think LeBron resolve would be there, and he wouldn't have anybody to save him, because AD sure ain't going to save him. We know who he is. If you want to know exactly he's a stat thumper. And if right. But if he has a loose thing for that, it's a rat. Oh, man. I'm not playing. Man, there's so much that y'all said I want to touch on. Uh, number one, I'm kind of with y'all in the opinion of that LeBron is not better than Jordan. He will not surpass Jordan. Um, I hate that the narrative. He's not in my top five. I hate that. And I don't think that that's outrageous. I hate that the narrative is that he's automatically assumed that he's better than Kobe. And in my opinion, I don't know if he's past Kobe yet. Um, but I'm going to throw out two names. You know, Stan's going to disagree with me. Uh, I don't know if you will, is he or not. But when you talk about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, I don't think that LeBron has just automatically passed them up either. I mean, if you look at it, Magic yeah, Johnson. He's not better than Magic. Listen, he's not better than Magic Johnson. He's not better than Kareem. If you're keeping it a buck, he's not better than Kobe, Kareem, or Magic. Well, okay, I, 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 I disagree with Magic. He ain't better than Kareem. Magic, he's not, exactly, he's not better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well, I, I don't agree with Magic, though. Well, this, this, this is and why... So, hey, you know who else we disrespect more than anybody else in basketball? Do you know who else we disrespect? Tim Duncan. Well... Five championships. Well, look... Well, look, let, 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 me, let, me, let me jump back in there. This is why I say Magic, right? Magic in the 80s... Magic played 12 years. He went to the finals five. He went to the nine. He went. Excuse me. He went to the finals nine times. He won five. Well, I mean, you know, you look at you, yeah. You you look at you look at you look at LeBron's teammates versus Magic's teammates. Magic had Kareem, James Worthy, uh, you know, Jamal Wilkes early maybe, but. Yeah. 
you know, you look at LeBron. LeBron had D Wade, Chris Bosh. He also had Kyrie Irving. Um, I don't think Kevin Love is going to end up being like one of those Love players of all time. But he did make the All Star game every year they were together. I mean, so LeBron has had great teammates, and LeBron's in year 17 with three rings. You know what I mean? Magic has five and 12, and he went to the finals nine times. So his finals record is better. Then you look at somebody like Larry Bird. Larry Bird has five trips to the finals in 12 years. He played a lot less than LeBron because his back gave out. He's averaging similar numbers to LeBron. Now, you look at Larry Bird as an athlete, you're like, well, he can't run, he can't jump. LeBron can run and jump. He's obviously a better player. But Larry Bird won three MVPs in a row. He got three championships. He only lost to the Showtime Lakers. I just don't see where LeBron is just automatically ahead of all these people. Well, what I want, I disagree with you mainly because, okay, even if you exclude the Miami is, and you only consider the Cleveland is, when he was pretty much the only person on the team, the Kevin Love, Kevin Love didn't fit the ball. They, Kevin Love was way better before he got to, to Cleveland, in my opinion. Kyrie, well, I, 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 let me just say that I'm saying. I think that you gotta understand, though, man, like, I, I'm not gonna say he was better or worse. I'm gonna say it was a Chris Bosh effect. When you when you go from being the guy to the third option, you can't. Yeah. You can't. I mean, it's just it's just it's just a numbers thing. Then if you're going from getting 25 shots, if you get 25 shots, you're a good player. You hit 15 of them. If you go from from 25 to 10 shots, of course you're a little trash. Right. Okay. No, and I I, I I can agree with that. But what I'm saying is with the Cleveland, with Cleveland, I can't say Chris. I mean, uh, Kevin Love is the Hall of Fame. Like I, I, I honestly cannot say he's not. A, he's not a Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's not a Hall of Fame. Kyrie is a perennial All Star, but he ain't no first ballot Hall of Famer. Like he's going to Hall of Fame. He's going to Hall of Fame. But man, he's going to Hall of Fame. He's just not going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, not first ballot. But I think he's going to the Hall of Fame. So yeah, he's going to Hall of Fame. So, but my my point is, those Cleveland years when LeBron was mainly carrying those teams. Especially before the Kyrie years, the, the second time, the first time, what he did with that team, like, that is remarkable. And to me, that's what boosts him up. Like, the Miami years, I feel like, say, that hurts him. But the fact that he actually made a championship with that Cleveland team, and then brought them back, when he went back, even though his team was better, he was still the catalyst behind that team. Okay. It was not, it was not the same as being on that Miami team, where you could just coach in the championship. He couldn't just coach with that Cleveland team. He couldn't just coach. They were good, but it wasn't that Miami team. So, to me, you put dogs. Larry Bird played on a better team than most LeBron teams. He did. Outside Outside of those four years with Miami, Larry Bird played on better teams. Magic played on better teams. Y'all, I just feel like people hold those four years against LeBron. I do. I, I definitely do. But I was also the totality of his career and who he played with. Well, and when you compare the Magic and you compare the Black Bird, those guys played on consistently better teams than, than LeBron did throughout his career. That's a fact. I mean, so you, I, and, and that's a good point. I think that what really killed LeBron, in my opinion, was him losing to Dallas with Miami. Oh yeah, that that that, that, that was one of the that, that was one of like the nails, the coffin of maybe a love loser, man. Because you lost to a you lost to a worse team. Like you just didn't have the heart. Like you got you got you know just punk 
in Dallas. And I had never seen, and like when you on that stage, man, rings matter. Rings matter. You gotta think about it. Does he have the same amount of rings as Kawhi Leonard? And who is Kawhi Leonard be? LeBron. <laughs> he, he beat LeBron, and he's beat the Warriors team he couldn't beat. You see what I'm saying? With the team he just came off the street with. So if you really look at Kawhi, Kawhi has three rings, LeBron has three rings. How many times has Kawhi been to the finals? Well, so you got to think about when it's all said and done, LeBron's on his way out. Kawhi's still his prime. If Kawhi wins four, if Steph wins four, we don't, are we really going to be having this discussion in five, ten years about LeBron being... No, we're not. Well, because Kawhi's resume is going to be better. Well, hold on. Steph Curry's resume is going to be better. I, I, I will, I will never put Steph Curry above LeBron, no matter what, because Steph is a specialist. Steph is a specialist. LeBron is a, is a, is a, is a, is a catalyst. Like Steph Curry is only like Steph Curry was able to win in a in, in a system. Like if Steph Curry don't have Klay Thompson and Draymond Green, he don't win. You know, it's almost the same but, thing as as LeBron. Have the Wayne Wade and Chris Bosh, he don't win. What are you saying? But, he never won without Kyrie Irving. But but here's what I'm saying. No. But here's what I'm saying. Like LeBron is a main catalyst. Steph is a specialist to me. You know what I'm saying? Steph. It's not like Steph out there carrying the Warriors. He not. You know because Clay Thompson could go out and score like 50 or 60 points any given night. You know what I mean? Man, Kobe Bryant didn't care to let them first championships. But he he didn't. But Corey, he could have. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, you have to really look at the whole picture. I mean, like, their, their story isn't finished being written. You see what I'm saying? Like, but, but what I'm saying, if you think about from, a, from like a blank spectrum, from what LeBron, he's went three and nine in the finals. He's had some great regular seasons. But you get a Steph Curry. He's been Kevin Durant. If Kevin Durant go and take over East, and he could knock on the quick three. He's better than LeBron. Well, here's what I say to that. Kind of the, kind of the stand's point, the 07 Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron's run to the finals, even though he got swept against those Spurs, his run to the finals in 07 was one of the most impressive things I've seen, especially that series where he beat the Pistons by himself. Right. So, so, so that to me, LeBron, that might have been the best I've seen LeBron. To be honest, you know what I mean. That no, no the series, no. You know what? The next, no, year before last, when Cleveland beat them with no Kyrie and went to the finals, that was the best I've seen LeBron. LeBron put the boys in his back. His best second best player was Kevin Love and like J.R. Smith, and you see how trash he was in the finals. But I'll give that to LeBron. But nah, think, think about LeBron in 07 LeBron was playing with Booby Gibson and just Junus Elgaskis. Like, like LeBron in 07 to me was was that was the most impressive thing that he's done. But then on the flip side of that, the least impressive things I've seen LeBron do outside of those Miami years was what he did in 08 when he lost to Dwight Howard and skipped to Malou. Like Jameer Nelson wasn't even healthy. And he lost to the Orlando Magic when he should have played Kobe in the finals. So LeBron LeBron has kind of been up and down to me. Um, but, you know, I, with this debate, we could go on and on and on about LeBron and where his legacy is. I think we all agree that he's not above Mike and Kobe and, and Kareem. Um, but real quick, before we move on from the NBA, if the NBA were to resume... Is it who you think wins the finals? Uh, I think 
think it's going to be the Clippers and it won't even be close. Kawhi Leonard, the robot, Kawhi Leonard is going to play the same way he played, whether it was a, a million fans or no fans. He's a machine. It might affect everybody else, not Kawhi. Plus that team's healthy, plus they have chemistry, and they, they're ready. Cool. All right. Izzy got the Clippers staying. What you got, bro? Uh, I'm going to say the Lakers or the Clippers. Lakers or the Clippers? You got to pick one. You got to pick one. You got to pick the Lakers or you got to pick the Clippers. Well, I like Kawhi more than LeBron, so. Okay, so it's the Clippers. You're a smart man. You got to go. You've been reading a lot over the break. You know what's going on. <laughs> uh, ah. I, I don't, the Lakers not winning, man. LeBron don't care. I'll say this. I think LeBron been TikToking too much, man. He's been learning. I, 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 I'll say, I'll say this. I think LeBron ready this year, but if you got to count on AD, it's a wrap. Cancel Christmas. Well, hey, listen. If LeBron and AD are about to social distance themselves away from NBA championship now. Is that happening? That, that's funny. I, I, I'll, I'll take the Lakers um, with only one, with only one Whenever they res- whenever they resume the NBA, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, come on, come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. Let, okay, let's think about this. So you really gonna tell me? You really gonna tell me? Look at that Lakers lineup, right? Look at Lakers lineup. Look at that Clippers lineup. No fans in the stands. Look, Marquez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, nagging the piss out of AD. Trying to get him injured. You don't think AD going down? You don't think AD gonna uh, spring a toenail and be like, man, I don't know about this. Well, here's my thing. We we talk about AD and how like unhealthy he is and how healthy he's been over his career. Which I, I you know, I'm a Pelicans fan, so I have no argument with that whatsoever. But I think Paul George is just as injury prone. So I, I think they kind of cancel each other out as the second man. And I get that the Clippers have a deeper bench, but. No, I, I think I don't know, man. Paul George is pretty injury prone. Paul George is injury prone himself, dog. Like if you watch Paul George over the years, Paul George hasn't been this pillar of health. Like he he's had some injuries too. I, I, I mean, he has, but he's healthy now. Like it benefits. LeBron said this slowed him down. This benefits the Clippers. The Clippers are also playoff tested. They know how to win. They're scrappy. They're fighters. The Lakers aren't that. The Lakers didn't even make the playoffs last year, man. Hey. I mean, it's simple math. And you have the reigning finals MVP is a cyborg. Kawhi don't care. We we gonna disagree. We gonna agree to disagree. I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking the Lakers. On the Lakers. I'm taking the Lakers this year and this year only. Not now. This year, not now. this not year and this year only. Not in the arena. I think not this. No Laker form fans. LeBron's gonna pay. I think I think this is LeBron's last shot. He knows that he's go he's he's gonna leave everything on the floor. I think the Lakers get it done unless some kind of way Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving can play whenever the NBA resumes and all bets are off. When the last time Kawhi beat? Uh, when the last time LeBron beat Kawhi, I'll wait. Like the like like right before the season ended. They won one game. What was the series? Two one. Come on, right? in, a, in a play in a playoff series. When the last time LeBron beat Kawhi? I mean, LeBron beat Kawhi in the finals. They they only played. Who won, who won the last one? Kawhi won the last one, but there's on exactly. they've only played twice. Exactly. Who's better? Who's older? There's only. Who has a better support cast? Who has the worst support? They've only played who's twice. Is it? It is one and one. Man. 
I give me LeBron this year. Next year would be a different story. Well, LeBron. Well, well, look. Let's okay. I'm explaining it right now. LeBron's a better player than Kawhi. Period. Le- LeBron's the best player in the NBA right now. He is. And I think the fact that he has a an actual big man instead of a co-star swing man benefits him. So while I agree the Clippers have a deeper bench, I like the combination of LeBron and AD better than Paul George and Kawhi. Patrick Beverly, I mean, you mentioned Patrick Beverly and those guys, but they, they ain't never won nothing. Like, 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 who is Patrick Beverly? You know what I'm saying? Like, Kawhi's one thing when niggas off the street. Let's be real. Okay. Kawhi's one thing. We have well, wait, 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 wait. Remember the players in the league. The, the, the Toronto Raptors have the second best record in the East right now. So, so, so it wasn't like the, it wasn't like you playing with trash, and then he won a ring with Pop Spurs. So. You know, it's not like he was out here just with like Allen Iverson Sixers winning titles. That's not what it was. And that, that Toronto team was nothing until Kawhi got there beat the Warriors. He beat the Warriors. Okay. But but they right, but right now they have a great record in the East, and they they I think they're like the two seed in the East right now without Kawhi. They're talking two to three seed. Pass the out game. Okay. Yeah, if, 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 if he was in, if he was in, if he was in Toronto, we wouldn't even be a race now. It'd be Toronto over everybody. Hey, maybe so. But uh, we we go pivot from the NBA, and we go go to we go go back to the NFL because there's something coming up in the NBA in the NFL draft. Excuse me, that we can actually enjoy, we can actually watch. Now they won't be having it in in person for the first year to be a virtual draft. So I'm excited to watch it. Um. You know, and we all from South Louisiana, respectively. Obviously, we're LSU guys. So Joe Burrow is about ninety nine point nine percent chance of going as the first round pick, the first pick overall. So what I want to hear from you guys, um, and we'll start out with Stan because Stan is like the resident, you know, recruiting college football guy that I know out of everybody. Where does he? Where does he? These other LSU guys go. You know how many other players from LSU go in the first round? Um, I think uh, you got Burrow, you got Chase on, you got Grant Delford. I mean, Grant Delford is around like a four-three at the LSU pro day. Um, Justin Jefferson ran a four-three or four-four. So I think those their short best to go first. Um, Christian Fulton. And uh, Clyde, I think Christian Paul's like a, a, a friend's player. He'd be first or second. And I think Clyde would go in the second round. Okay, okay. Is it anybody Anybody you looking forward to? Uh, maybe, maybe a sleeper pick? Um, In regards to from LSU, I mean, LSU is dogs. Like, I mean, I think that... Uh, Clyde Edwards Alar, I think he's gonna I think he make a really big impact in the league in the right system. I think he can be a beast and like nobody's been talking about. Okay. You know, I, I, I really think he'll he'll really make some noise. Uh I, I love Lloyd Cushenberry. I, I think that he can make an impact. SEC guys are typically dogs. I mean you gotta look at some of these teams, man. Atlanta loves LSU guys, loves them. Uh, the Patriots love LSU. They took Danny Eiffel. Oh, uh, they love LSU guys. 
All right, so they, they know what you're getting. You're getting tough. You're getting well-coached guys. I mean, they just did the DB. Uh, they just did the wide receiver uh, draft. I mean, look at Chalk. Chalk's one of the number one receivers. I mean, he was good at LSU. He's no more receiver in Jacksonville right now. And you got to realize, Jordan Jefferson can run laps around. He's fast, but if you think about the guy we have coming out now, our best receivers in the college. So it's like... <laughs> I think it's going to be an amazing year for LSU in this draft class. And I think they always show LSU guys typically 85% of the chance show up in the league. More than that, I'd say that. Okay. Yeah, one, one thing I'll add to that, GP, I forgot one first. Uh, Patrick Queen, he, they say he probably a first-round pick, too. Oh, so yeah. LSU might have a chance to tie Miami's record when they had six first-round picks. So, uh, really, they got a chance to break it, to be honest with you. But, um, but yeah, they, I think they should, they, they'll have at least probably five first-round picks, maybe six. Okay. Well, that, that, that would be huge. Um, is it you brought up you brought up SEC players? Um, one SEC player that's really uh, been in the news is Tua Tiger Valoa from Alabama, and uh, obviously he had that devastating uh, hip injury. He's been uh, recovering. Nobody knows how healthy this guy is, but he's projected to be a top five pick. Um, what do you think is it about maybe where Tua go and wherever he goes, will he be able to make an impact? Uh, I, I personally, I think that I, I think Tua is a, a, a Russell Wilson like. I think that uh, with, with a, a stronger arm, if he just really studies the game, I think that Russell Wilson is a student of the game. He's adjusts so well, but I think he has all the talent to be an elite quarterback. Russell Wilson had an MVP year last night. Let's not get it twisted. MVP year. Lamar Jackson had no tape on him, offense built around him, just godly numbers, but Russell Wilson really carried a team, and his team actually won a playoff game, and the Super Bowl winning quarterback. That's my ceiling for Tua, but then again, it's all about when they draft you. I hate when they say, who's going to have a better NFL career, man? It's who, who drafts you. If you have a if you have a piss poor organization that doesn't want to build or develop or have the right kind of coaches, you will never be anything. I mean, they gave up on Drew Brees. So, uh, organization makes the biggest difference. I think Tua has a great upside, but if he's not drafted by the right team, he's going to end up in the dumpster. Okay. There's a lot of great quarterbacks drafted end up in the dumpster. Okay. I mean, that's real. That's real talk, man. And a lot of times, the organization makes or break you, you know. The organization. Like, I think that Detroit would be a fool to pass up on Tua, but I think if he goes to Detroit, he won't amount to anything. I mean, look at, I mean, he'll be a, a stat pattern. They won't win because that's just Detroit's culture. Well, if, if he does go to Detroit and they already have Matthew Stafford, unless something changes, unless they release him, he'll be able to kind of have a year to learn the system and learn behind Stafford. But Stafford um, was a great quarterback. I mean, it's like Stafford was a great quarterback. What does that really matter? I mean, Matt Ryan was a great quarterback. What does that I mean, what MVP? I mean, like, it's, it, 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 it's, it's different things that quantify Getting to that next level. Okay. You have to like, listen, Tom Brady isn't Tom Brady without the Patriots. Let's be clear. Yeah, think about it. In, in the last 25 years, only one quarterback who was drafted in the top five has won a Super Bowl, and that was Eli Manning. That tells you that when you get drafted, it's better to get drafted late, apparently, because these top five quarterbacks aren't winning Super Bowls. Eli Manning was the only one. 25 years. Peyton, Peyton got him one too. Peyton got two. Peyton got two. But uh, 
Well, that wasn't 25 years, I don't think, was it? Yeah, Peyton's is 98. So kind of right up on that cusp. But I, I feel what you're saying, though. Like, yeah, because, you know, obviously the teams that draft early are the worst teams, you know. Exactly. If you get dra- if you pull an Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers got drafted by a good football team, he slid in there behind a Hall of Famer and he had the best chance to win. So I, I get your point completely. Um, Stan, where does Tua go and uh, what's his impact? Um, I'm hoping that rumor I read where they, the Saints are going to trade Kamara, a first-round pick, and a whole bunch of other stuff to, uh, to Detroit. And so they can get that spot to draft two. That's what I hope. But um, but in actuality, I think uh, I think the Lions will probably pick up two. And I think uh, his impact uh, is going to be tremendous. I don't know how long he's going to play. I think if he plays like six or seven years, I, thought, I think those six or seven years are going to be very impactful. I think Disney made a good point by comparing him to, uh, to Russell Wilson. I think I, had, I didn't even think about it prior to this, but I think that's a, a, a very accurate comparison. Uh, very accurate, stronger arm, about the same size. So if he can stay healthy, I think um, I, I'll say this, and I, I'm an LSU fan. I love Joe Burrow, but from a talent standpoint, who was who was more talented than Joe Burrow? Well, so I. I wouldn't be Let's see this year. They, they'll get more talent. They'll get more weapons. And we'll see. But I think it's, it's 
right now you can't make a, a judgment and say that they just completely trashed because both of the players that were on Marcus Lewis' team is still on this team. They had injuries last year and they struggled last year, but I'm not going to say, oh, they just, they out there like, uh, I don't know, with the Raiders or some other trash team. Like, they, they not. I am sensitive. If Marvin Lewis was good in Cincinnati, I would be with you. I don't trust the new coach. I don't trust him. I feel it. And AJ Green ain't getting no younger. Like, you when he comes back, how, how effective do AJ Green really going to be? Well, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Cincinnati is the greatest situation for a young guy to be in. But at the same time, I don't think it's just just destined that he that Joe Burrow is not going to really really have a good career either. Um, but I do want to come back to something Stan mentioned. Um, you talked about the possibility of trading Alvin Kamara for uh, you know to get to move up and draft Tua. Um, is there is there a chance that the Saints do that? And if not, um, what are the Saints' plans for the draft, or what do you think they'll do for the draft? Um, I don't honestly. While I hope that that's the case, I don't believe that they're going to do that. Um, I think Sean Payton loves Kamara. Uh, you look at him like another Reggie Bush type boy. He can tell. We yeah. saw that Reggie Bush thing worked out. Okay, right, exactly. So. I think uh, he, Sean likes his trinkets for his offense, and I think Kamara is a piece that he thinks is that he, he wants to add. So I don't see him parting ways to Kamara just yet. Um, you know, I think that uh, the Saints, you know, they're going to do what they always do. They're going to take the best available player, no matter what the position is. That's what they've done for the last 20 years or so with Sean Payton. So. Um, I can't tell you who they're gonna draft. I can see them drafting Patrick Queen. I can see them drafting Joe. I mean Justin Jefferson. I can see them if they can get Chase on. They'll, they'll draft Chase on. Like whoever the best player is that when they draft, that's who they're gonna pick. So I can pinpoint one place. I, I honestly feel like uh, before I loved Justin Jefferson to the Saints loved it, but once they picked up the Emmanuel Sanders player, which I actually like more. Um, I was able to help them fill another hole. Uh, and I really, like you said, going with best player available, I would love for Queen to be there. I don't think he's going to be there that late. Um, I'm thinking they're going to go with the Oklahoma uh, linebacker, Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Murray. That's what I think they're going to um, – I, I, I think that's where they're going to be leading towards uh, possibly some cornerback help. But I think the elite first-round cornerbacks at by that point will all be gone. I mean, a lot of mocks saying, you know, the Ohio State cornerback, which is a shocker, will be going again, top four, top three. Um, and, like, the cornerback round for where they're going to be drafting, they are going to go best available. And from, from, like, the mocks I've seen, the research I've done, uh, it's like they want Queen, but Kenneth Murray has been on a lot of my mock drafts. Um. I kind of I, I kind of see them going linebacker because if you look at the Saints roster, you know, um, obviously with Drew Brees coming back at quarterback, they're they're set to win now. You bring back Emmanuel, you bring in Emmanuel Sanders, so the wide receiver you're looking pretty good, you know. Um, regardless if Tay again is healthy or not, or comes back or whatever the case may be, I like Traquan Smith to be a third guy. Um, Jared Cook played better toward the end of the season. Obviously, you got Murray and and Kamara, so you, your offense is set. The line looks good. Um, hopefully, Davenport. Rankins will be healthy on the defensive line. You bring in Malcolm Jenkins instead of Von Bell. Um, you got Janoris Jenkins coming back. 
Uh, I think I think the defense is looking pretty good. Um, if there's any weak spot outside of Demario Davis, I'm not in love with the linebackers. Um, so maybe you're bringing a guy, uh, Patrick Queen. But I tell you what, man. I, one thing that that's been bugging me about losing Teddy is I feel like the Saints so need. Still talking about the Sam Choice chicken, right? We're still on the Sam Choice. Hey, hey man, you know. I think he's a little better than Sam Charles Chicken. I might not call him filet mignon, but I don't think he's I don't think he's Sam Charles Chicken. But I, I would like to see the Saints have an heir apparent at quarterback on the roster, and Taysom Hill just ain't it for me. So I like Jordan Love out of Utah State. I, I think he has all the tools. I, I, just, I love Jordan Love, but so does everybody else on the draft board. And when you're drafting twenty fourth, unless you're trading up, man, we gotta get Jordan Love. Jordan Love is going to be this year's Patrick Mahomes. I can guarantee it right now. I don't know, man. I, 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 nah, I, I don't think so. But somebody's going to get Jordan Love. Jordan Love is like fourth or fifth on the board, though, for quarterbacks. He might fall. You know, because think about it. Everybody's in. They said the same thing about Mahomes, man. They said the same thing about Deshaun Watson. Somebody is going. But this is a quarterback. Wait, 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 wait. Somebody is trading up to get Jordan Love. Wait. Wait, the difference... He has like eight first-round picks. No one yeah, has first-round picks. I, I agree with Izzy. I think uh, your top five quarterbacks can be going in the top 20 picks. Probably the top, top 20 picks. They're not going to be there at 24, man. Jordan Love is going to be gone. He's the third-best quarterback. I, like, I'm taking him over Justin Abair from Oregon. Uh, I, I mean... I mean, Justin Abair has, has impressed a lot of people, especially with his pro day in the combine. I think people are sold on Justin Abair, though. So I don't think Jordan Love leapfrogs him. Look at the top 10 teams. I don't mean to cut you off. Look at the top 10 teams. All right, Miami needs a quarterback, right? Detroit could take They don't have to. But Miami needs one. The Chargers need one. The Raiders, if the right guy is there, need one. That's the top 10. Okay? The top 20, they need quarterback. The Colts need a quarterback. Well, I mean, they got really. He's a fucking. He's a bridge. If the guy that you want's there, you take him. Okay. Well, do y'all see a scenario where the Saints move up to get a quarterback? Because I mean, there's not a there's not a whole lot of needs on the Saints football team. Is my point. So they could. Uh, let me tell you what I think the Saints do, and, and I wouldn't be mad at this. People have said I'm crazy. I'm stupid. Second round, maybe an Eastern or from. What? From from uh. Jake from? Uh, from Georgia. Uh, from Georgia. I, I can see that. Second round. I mean, listen, get the best linebacker available. If you can get a from from Georgia, because listen, he was the GOAT until Tua and uh, Burrow. I mean, like, they thought he was the guy. And I think in a Peyton system under somebody, it's a second or third round pick. I'm here for it. All right, I, I got a, a crazy one, Z. I think the Saints could potentially move up. You, you could never put anything, anything past the Saints. But what picks do we have? Like, all our picks. It's not, it's, 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 it's not about picks. The Saints will give up a future first round, a future second round like it ain't nothing. But I think, and and they don't mind putting current players with it. The one player I think they, I can see them trading. Elvin Kamara? Nah, not Kamara. Teron Armstead. Interesting. Because you can move Ramzik to right to left tackle. Uh, you can kick out Pete to right tackle. There's already a backup guard that we paid, I don't know, twenty million to last year. They can step into the guard position. You got somebody at center, we got somebody at the right guard. So the offensive line is still 
mainly being tackled. Most of those players will probably play all 16 games, unlike Teron Armstead. But he's also probably a top five best tackler. So with that comes some cachet where you can get maybe a move up or make some potential moves. So I think if they do move up, it will involve a pitch, but I think it'll involve a player like Teron Armstead as well. That, that, that's, that's an interesting I, I point. I think we'll hold off on quarterback with ain't first round. I think you. I, I definitely think now we could go for a quarterback like if Jordan loves there and Peyton loves him. I can see it. Like, but like, like, like that's the thing. Like before Lattimore fell to us, before the Chiefs went and got Mahomes, that was a Oregon. So if it's a Peyton guy, we'll trade him. If he loves love, we'll trade him. We're not trading him just stay there. But we'll trade up for. I, we don't have enough for two of them. But we'll trade up for um, love, which is feasible. I can see that happening if Peyton loves him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I just want a quarterback on the roster. So, I mean, you guys both brought up really, really good points. Um, I definitely appreciate it. Anything else in the world of sports that y'all want to cover? Think about it, we covered a lot. We covered a lot. I think we covered everything. I think we covered too much. <laughs> hey, man, we talked about a lot. But uh, so real quick, let's tell the people where to, uh, where, where to find you, Izzy. Where, where can we find you, brother? Uh, well, you can always find me on social media since we can't leave the house. Uh, you can find me on my Instagram at uh, Izzy versus Izzy, I-Z-Z. I don't, I'm not about to say all those words. Y'all know my name. Uh, <laughs> thanks for up next. Hey, man, y'all can reach out to me at Savage NBA, uh, Savage NBA on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Okay. You can also find Stan at the Reserve Man on Instagram and uh, <laughs> and, no doubt. And, and and that's a pretty good podcast. I, I've heard it before. It's it's pretty podcast. good. Outstanding podcast. Yeah, man. You know, Izzy's been on it. Stan's a regular on it all the time. Stan's it's Stan's podcast. You know, so I think it's a great podcast to check out. Shameless plug, but uh. Anyway, gentlemen, I appreciate your time. Uh, we ought to do this more often, especially while we stuck in the house. We have time, bro. We can do it. We can, we can, we can do these once a month. Like, I could, I could, you could jot me down for May right now. Good, I'll be here. Good <laughs> deal. All right. Well, if you haven't done so and you've listened to this whole podcast and enjoyed what you heard, please hit subscribe. You know where to find me. Um, and we're out.